And I'm so happy uh, that you guys have been so enthusiastic about this conversation. First of all, I just want to acknowledge our to our guests uh, for having this courageous conversation, and thank you for the work and many of the specials during this whole social revolution. Channel 7, the work that you've done and have been doing is nothing short of stellar with Juneteenth and Heart and Soul. NBC has been a longtime partner with WBOM. You show tremendous effort in highlighting black excellence. And CBS, your investigating reporting uh, and impact on consumer advocacy is honorable. And of course, WGN, which uh, I have a funny story to tell you back about when I would go out of town or when I went out, went away to school, uh, what I missed most was WGN and its news. And I found some way in my college uh, apartment to rig up some cable. They didn't even have cable too much back then. But thank you so much. Jennifer L. Graves, you are uh, the lone woman here, and you have had a stellar career. You are the vice president and news director for WLS-TV. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us. And then, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Perry. Good morning to the listeners. And then uh, we have Frank Whitaker. He is the station manager and vice president of news at NBC Universal. I can't believe you have the time to do this, Mr. Whitaker. <laughs> well, this is important, and I certainly uh, appreciate you having us on to talk about this. It's very important. And I just wanted to remember that Fox uh, News, too, uh, you have a lot of hometown uh, individuals at your station, and we appreciate you for that. And let's go to, um, we also have Jeff Harris, who is the vice president and news director at CBS Chicago. Hello, Mr. Harris. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? It's We're, great to be here. I, I'm so happy that all of you showed up. And then, of course, we have Dominic Stasi, the WGN News Director. Mr. Stasi, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having us on today. And then we have Matt Piacente, uh, News Director of Fox WFLD <clears throat> Channel 32. Hello, Mr. Piacente. How are you? Good morning. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it is a pleasure. So um, before we get started, uh, I often talk about journalism. I, I'm a journalist, too. I went to J school. And uh, for our listeners, journalism is guided by five values, honesty, independence and objectivity, fairness, diligence, and accountability. I asked for this roundtable because a caller called into my show and advocated for people to turn off the local news, that it was filled with so much violence that it was causing anxiety. That impacted me because I am what you would call a news junkie. Then I recall a guest from Detroit several years ago that shared that the news media had a big hand in running people out of Detroit. It was the fear factor. Detroit was once in 10th place in the market share. Now it's close to 30. And I am not at all advocating that you not tell these stories or the news or not report on crime. But is your storytelling 
on Chicago violence impacting Chicago's vibrancy. I'm sitting here not just as a talking head. I'm a seasoned journalist who, as a Chicago native, I've known this city. Chicago didn't just get violent. It's been violent. And I'm wondering, has it gotten worse, or is the news coverage making me feel that it's worse? Case in point, I worked in the press press office for Harold Washington, and in 1986, There were 896 murders in Chicago that year, the most of any year, but it didn't feel like this. So we're going to um, start our our discussion. And our first question is, we all went to journalism school. We all heard, if it bleeds, it leads. It seems we are experiencing this philosophy now more than ever. Do any of you have a fear that leading with Chicago's violence, almost every newscast takes away from the other important news and stories that should be getting uh, the attention? And I'll start with you, Ms. Graves. Uh, and for example, like Berrios, like Joe Berrios and what he did in terms of our assessments um, on the south and west sides as opposed to the north side, or even the missing um, black women and girls that people were, uh, and Murder Project even said, well, it's a possibility and almost certainty that there is a serial killer amongst us. So I'll start with you, Ms. Graves. Thank you. Um, you know, I think it's all about context, and I, I, I would, I would guess that my colleagues would agree with this. That you know, our jobs are to shine a light on what's going on in our communities, the communities that we serve, and we, you know, we want to make sure that our storytelling has the appropriate context, and that we, we do try to balance the 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 negative with the positives. Um, do I worry that it's driving people out of Chicago? I think there may be a lot of things that are that are influencing the population of Illinois as as well as Chicago and right. not just the violence, but some of the fiscal issues, some of the fiscal issues that we've also tried to shine a light on. Um, we just recently partnered with the Cook County Treasurer's Office to to um, uh, to do Black and Brown Houses Matter, the TV version of what you do on WBON. Oh, thank you. Um, letting homeowners know about the money that's available to them that they may that they may not know about. So I think it's it's about balance. It's about context, and you know we're always looking to to provide that and do a better job with representing the communities that we serve. Mr. Stasi from G- WGN. Same question. Yeah, just to you know, kind of piggyback off what um, Jennifer was saying, it, it it is important to put things into context and and kind of go beyond just scratching the surface. I mean, it, you know, when the crime happens and we send a reporter out to the scene and they're in front of the the crime scene tape and they do their stories, um, you know, that's that's one part of it. But it's also important to take a step back and try to figure out why these things are happening, why they continue to happen, um, uh, you know, what can be done to reverse the trends, uh, who needs to be held accountable for those things. And those are the types of questions we ask, our, ask ourselves every day in our editorial meetings. Um, the, the, if it bleeds, it leads. Philosophy is not something that we, uh, you know, necessarily adhere to. Uh-huh. It's, it's telling the most important stories that are happening in the community at, at any given time. And unfortunately, 
violence is right up there and 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 telling um those stories uh what about you mr uh piacente uh from uh the fox news uh wfld 32 not fox news yeah i think i'm gonna use the word perspective and i think the big thing that people want are solutions and I think, you know, the advantage that, uh, you know, we have and WGN has, we do, you know, 10, 13 hours of news a week, a day. We're on a morning show. We don't just talk about sound bites. We have interviews with community leaders. We, you know, people want solutions. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like Dominic said, just going to scratch the surface and going to a crime scene and telling a story and sound bites. You know, I think it, it nowadays with, with COVID and with the violence going on, people want, people want information and people want, you know, you know, solutions, um, franchises, you know, really forcing the issue. We have a, a franchise called Voice of Change with Terrence Lee, uh-huh. where we have community leaders on our morning show every week. So I think, you know, really, you know, breaking it down instead of just telling a story in sound bites is, is a huge thing. Mr. Whitaker from NBC. Um, I would agree with what everybody has said. And, uh, you know, you have a, a number of folks on this panel who've been in Chicago a long time. Some have been here almost all their careers, myself included. Um, I love Chicago. Well, we love our city. We love Chicago. And so we're not out to, to do stories that are harmful for Chicago. But as several folks have said, we also have to reflect what is happening in our communities. And right now, there's, there's a crime issue in our community. And so we have to cover that. I hate the phrase, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, a phrase from many decades ago, and it still gets, we get tagged with that sometimes. Yes. I don't subscribe to that. I don't think the others do as well. And no. I hate every time there's a mass shooting. We had two of them yesterday. Right. We had to report those, but I can tell you the reaction in the newsroom was, uh, you know, like we don't want to tell those kinds of stories. And then when we do have to tell them, we also try to do it with balance, as others have suggested. Not only telling what happened, looking at solutions, um, and and holding uh, our leaders accountable. You know, asking the tough questions of our our politicians, um, our state's attorney, our police superintendent. Like, what can we do as a community to to solve these issues? And they're not easy answers. And I, you know, I was just thinking about this. I talked about uh, Joe Berrios, who was um, just notorious and and so dismissive of what was happening unfairly on the South and West sides when it, the value of their, uh, of, of, of black people's homes. I think about uh, the women and girls that are found missing on the South and West side. They still haven't found uh, the, the pregnant postal worker who, um, uh, the pregnant postal worker who just disappeared off of a south side street. And those are the sort of stories that um, I talk about because it matters. And, you know, just the the fact that these murders are not being solved on south and west sides. It doesn't mean just these women, but, I mean, you have police officers on 75th Street and still no one can say who the shooter was is i mean does it feels like from our community that we're not important enough in order to solve these murders the former superintendent police superintendent eddie johnson said we know who these people are well yesterday my callers were saying well lock their asses up lock them up 
instead of, you know, just instead of wreaking this kind of havoc. And you guys can just jump in in any time. Well, I would say the missing postal worker, Kiara Coles was her name. And uh, and we have done a number of stories. Our investigative unit actually earlier this year did a did a follow up story. Um, so we are continuing to dig into those. But I, you're right. Those kinds of stories do deserve follow up. And, and I do think that we try to to uh, to to do that here at NBC. Um, you know, I also, um, you know, uh, folks have mentioned perspective, too. And I, you know, we started our race in Chicago series. OK. Like last year, we've done almost 50 stories on that, uh-huh. looking at, at some of the, um, the the underlying issues that led to the unrest that we saw last year. It wasn't just George Floyd that was a trigger, but there have been decades of things like redlining, inadequate health care, food deserts, digital divide. And, and so we've been trying to go back and create a better understanding um, to how we got to where we're at and some of the systemic problems that have been there for decades that are being addressed and still need to be addressed to try to come up with better solutions. I think when we come up with solutions on some of those key issues, there's a better feeling of hope in our in our community. Um, and I think hope leads to to um, happiness. You know, I think it leads to to uh, less violence and people uh, having jobs and, and feeling more comfortable with the situations they're in. I think um, I think equity issues have become have been huge in the past year. You know, really looking at the issues, um, housing, policing vaccine, you know, framing it within the COVID crisis, looking right. at, at, you know, are people, are communities being treated equitably? And that's certainly been a focus of our reporting for the past year on a, on a multitude of topics. And I think follow-up is, is a key that Frank you know, said, you know, we, you know, we follow the Kira Cole story too. I think keeping it in the headlines, you know, keeping these stories going and not just reporting it once, following up, you know, with your investigative units, and, you know, I think that, that, that's such a key in, in keeping, you know, these stories in the headlines. And, uh, you know, I think that's one that, that's really good to be said. All right. Go ahead. No, and also telling, you know, the good stories that are coming out of, of every neighborhood in the city. Um, uh, we did a story this week on free health screenings uh, at 71st and Jeffrey. And, and there was, a, you know, the big medical vehicle out there giving free health screenings or um, people who are trying to make a difference in the community, um, violence interrupters. I think it's important to tell those stories and how people are uh, gathering together to help um, everyone uh, in their community. Yeah, we, we um, coming off the wake of uh, the July 4th weekend, we were like, how can we do a story that's not, that's not just a tote board of how many people were shot in Chicago on right. July 4th? Because I think that that is numbing to to people, to our viewers, to your listeners. It's numbing to see those numbers every weekend without the perspective. So we did look at one of those violence interrupter programs in South Shore and how they felt that really targeting people who might be at risk, uh, you know, uh, joining together and and trying to come up with options for people, who, for especially for teens who might be at risk, that that really helped them keep the numbers down in that community. And it was a you know a a more positive spin and a more of a solutions-based story than just doing the tote board. You know, and, and, at NBC, we're trying to do more of those too. We, uh, several years ago, started making a difference. It's sort of a brand that we call. But the, the goal was, you know, we have a lot of heavy news that we're reporting on. We need to make sure that we are telling positive stories. And so our, we kind of gave birth to our Making a Difference brand. And 
And we're out there on a regular basis trying to find those positive stories, those community groups that are that are, are doing good work to, to try to turn things around, people who've overcome challenges um, to have success in their lives. Um, those are, are, are important stories too. And as we sit down in our editorial meetings every day, you know, we want we want those stories. Yeah, we have to tell the, the tough stuff, um, but we also um, want to make sure we have uh, uplifting stories too. Mm-hmm. So people come away feeling, you know, with, with, there's a positive, positive news out there too. Do you does it surprise any of you that there are people that are saying? I mean, we might have even lost a generation. Um, you know, just even listening to radio and that sort of thing. However. Uh, we here at, at WBON, we choose not to lead our news with real negative, I mean negative, because we hear so much of it. Um, it's really interesting because on our side of town, it's less than 3% of people that are wreaking havoc. On the other 97%, the majority of black Chicagoans are law-abiding citizens who love this city like every other Chicagoan. Subconsciously, we have made a subculture of Chicago the dominant culture. Um, How many of you lean on your African-American colleagues, those in the newsrooms, to make sure that you're delivering the right pitch, especially with so much of the news being centered on the violence within the black community? I, I would say very much so, um, you know, and, and like you said at the top, you know, we have many uh, Chicago natives here, reporters, Tia Ewing, Nate Rogers, uh, who, you know, who know the community well. And yeah, in our editorial meetings, they're very vocal about what's going on in the community. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I, that perspective gives us something where it's not us telling, you know, going out, it's people co- telling us what's going on out there on the street and bringing it in so we can cover the story effectively. So, I, I rely on our reporters to deliver stories, bring stories to the table, and Tia and Nate especially um, are really strong at doing that. Yeah, everyone in our editorial meeting has a voice. It's around Robin every morning, um, every evening for our night meeting um, to hear the voices of I, 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 to hear the voices of every, everyone who's at the table. And I would I would imagine that all of my colleagues agree that we want newsrooms that reflect our communities. Okay. Um, and, and that's what we've strived to do is, is have, have newsrooms that are reflective of the communities and lean on everyone to bring their perspective to the table so we can have a healthy debate every morning about what we do and how we frame it. I would agree with NBC as well. I mean, we, we go around in our morning meeting and, and hear pitches from all the different reporters and producers and assignment editors. Um, and, uh, and then we, we have a discussion about what stories we're going to cover, um, probably similar to other newsrooms. We also have added a... Uh, uh, a diversity, equity, and inclusion point person to all of our editorial meetings, someone who's who's there to look at it from a DEI perspective to make sure that we are reflecting our community um, in the way we want to. We have actually have a checklist to look, uh, to, to quantify, you know, images and experts we're talking to, what communities we're going to, and, and not just uh, racial, but, but geographic and, you know, all, all the key areas that we want to hit. So we have we have a person who's now assigned to to keep track of that, and then puts out a report after the meeting as to how you know did we meet our goals according to our checklist. So so we've really taken it seriously to try to make sure that we are 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 uh, covering our community in the way we want to cover it um, in, a, in a diverse way. You know, Perry, um, I, I think you can see 
based on the eagerness of all of our responses that um, this is a this is this entire forum is is a topic that we want to talk about okay you know even this notion of if it bleeds it leads is so repulsive um and it's something listen we all have to deal with um you know the impressions that we leave upon people on the perceptions that we have but if you look up on a day-to-day basis what you see from these tv stations is a lot of enterprise reporting Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot of enterprise reporting around the subject of violence. I mean, we team with you're hearing all of these things that are going on inside of these newsrooms in some form or another um, that uh, that um, some have been long overdue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are evolutions that are taking place in journalism right now as we're learning, just like with many industries. But <clears throat> and we, we, we team with Solutions Journalism, which is a, a national nonprofit that helps us um, find perspectives and, 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 you know, areas of context that mm-hmm. we can bring to the table, um, dissecting uh, these issues of crime and violence, which we know to be um, difficult. Um, they're difficult to report. They're difficult to hear. They're difficult to watch. But we feel a duty and an obligation to shed light on these things in order to make our communities better places. All right. Um, it's through accountability. And, okay, go ahead. Go, uh, you can finish your statement, Jeff. Okay, I was just I was just going to say, and, and to your point, um, you, you know, diversity inside journalism newsrooms, it's not we're not at perfection, um, we're not there, especially when it comes to uh, management. And okay. so we've put in place uh, ways in which we can grow and get there. Um, you know, I'm proud to say we've got Dorothy Tucker in our newsroom. Of course, and uh, she has she has a very very strong influential uh, voice in in the things that we do, and and she's not shy about it. Yeah, um, and it's also embraced. And so um, again, it, it's something that um, that we want to talk about. We we don't. The five of us we don't talk to each other. We're competitors. Okay, you know? all right. Well, and when 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 I hear you talk about. You know, I, I want to go on and on about all the great things that we've done here, you know, and, and, and this issue of a uh, of a serial killer. We did that story. We did that story two years ago okay. and 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 mapped it and and, you know, spent countless, countless hours getting the paperwork from the police department and right. digging into that. Uh, and it's a piece of work that we're really, really proud of asking the question, is there a serial killer uh, in Chicago? And why isn't, you know, why isn't that being, you know, uh, brought to fore by the police department? And and we're still not satisfied with the answers that we've got. My name is Perry Small, and my guest is ABC's Jennifer L. Graves. She's the vice president and news director at WLS-TV. Frank Whitaker from NBC. He is the station manager and vice president of news at NBC Universal. Uh, at CBS, we have Jeff Harris, who is the vice president and news director at CBS Chicago. We have Dominique Stasi from WGAN, who is the news director, and Mike Piacenta, uh, the news director of uh, WFLD Channel 32. Well, we're going to take a couple of calls, and again, we thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning, uh, Jennifer and gentlemen. We really do appreciate you uh, taking out time of your busy schedule. Let's take a quick call from Frank. Frank has an interesting uh, um, comment. Go right ahead, Frank. You're on. Oh, thank you, Perry, and thank you all for sitting in. This is so important, and I understand the significance of 
what's going on with this. But listen, I'm, I'm a baby boomer. I was born and raised in Chicago. I'm a black man. And I look at it the same way I view a newspaper, front page news. Some don't really matter. They pretty much buried towards the back. Well, see, if you did the same thing, I look forward to hearing it first, you guys. Everyone that's black don't think that you. If, if you uh, was put them towards the end of the news, and then you have a lot of people crying about, you see, they really don't care about what's going on in our community. Uh, it's like, oh, and by the way, five more people were shot to death on the south of the west side. So it's like a front, it's like it's like a catch-22. So me and myself as a black man, when I watch the news, I want to know about the right up front, the latest tragedy that's hitting my community, because I have loved ones out there. So all of us don't think like that. I appreciate it knowing up front, and they're showing you do care. And I saw the covers you did on Trail Coast. So all of us don't think like that. But I understand the significance of holding this. It is contract, but the truth is the truth. All right, want- then, Frank. Thank you so much. Good comment. Would either of you, any of you, like to respond to what he said? We're kind of like in a catch twenty-two. If you don't, if you don't report it in the news, they don't care about our community. If you put it in the news, oh, they're trying to demonize the community. It, you can, you guys, go right yeah, ahead. It, re- it really is a catch. Yeah, it really is a catch twenty-two. I think that that was well said. I remember uh, years ago, at the beginning of my tenure as news director, I was out on a panel on the south side at a restaurant on the south side, and and um, many of the comments were, "You do too much violence." And this is this is probably 15, 18 years ago. You do too much violence in your newscast. And then one woman raised her hand, "Yes, you do too much violence in your newscast, but I want to know about that shooting that happened down the street from me." Right. So. I think, I think we probably all have the perspective. It's down the street from someone, and that's right. where that's where, but that's where the context and the perspective becomes so important. Exactly, and it, it all speaks to yeah, we're covering the stories, but let's cover it where there are solutions involved. And it's more, you know, how are we solving these crimes? How are we solving the carjacking? So it, it really is you're doing the story, but giving it perspective, talking to the community leaders in a, in a long, in a longer interview, like we do on our morning show. And, and and getting perspective from people, again, not just in sound bites. And it's about striking a balance between right. um, all those stories. Uh, you know, if violence is, is the top story of, of that day, uh, you know, we have an obligation to those communities, to, to those people, to alert them about what is happening in the community. And if the 3% are committing the crimes, it's still affecting the other 97% live there all right let's talk to pam pam thank you for your patience you're on wbon uh perry thank you i hope i'm coming in clear yes and thank you to your guests and i hope the panel will return to talk about other issues specifically racism but i thank you for this perry i'm trying to be thoughtful because i don't want to just complain but let me first say this you're talking to perry small one of our noted journalists I'd like you all to have consultations with not only Perry, when you talk about a perspective, but also with the other journalists who are part of WVON. That would be Chenta Strasberg, and that would be uh, Salim Mouakil. These are noted writers, and they have credibility in the community. So as you talk about that editorial meeting, call Perry, because she'll give you a perspective that even your black reporters or participants might not want to give because they might be in fear of losing their position. And so I hope you all really understand what I'm saying. Also, with the coverage of violence. 
I'm sorry, Peter. No, go go right ahead. Did one of you want to respond? respond? Pam, we've got to go on to uh, other callers, but did any of you want to respond to that? Well, I was just going to say that, that actually Chinta has, has my email and, and is a regular correspondent um, with what's going on. So um, so uh, we do seek her out. And actually, I would tell you, Melody Spann, who's who runs VON, is is uh, someone who's who I've known for a long time and will reach out to me with with ideas as well. So so those kind of perspectives are important. And the other thing that NBC ha we have here is a community action board. It's almost 300 people now that we meet with on a quarterly basis to get input and ideas um, and reaction to the kinds of stories that we're doing, the kinds of coverage. We've had a lot of coverage about crime and violence and how we're doing it and got a lot of feedback about how we're describing neighborhoods when we report on a crime. You know, we should report the address, not necessarily the neighborhood, certainly not just say South Side. Um, uh, you know, the uh, the, the weekly, weekend totals of how many people were shot, somebody said that's like a scorecard. That right. doesn't sound right. So, so those kinds of feedback, that kind of feedback from our community action board, and now they're proactive on, on emailing us when they see stuff or hear stuff. So all that kind of input, I think, helps us better define what we're going to cover in our newscasts. And I, and I think it's important for us to get that input and even more important for us to listen to what everybody's telling us. Let's go to Thurgood. Thurgood, you're on WBON. Uh, good morning. I really appreciate the, the panel taking its time, and of course, Perry, uh, your insights and the like. I was a uh, brief uh, observation in regard of uh, the root of of crime, you know, uh, the dandelion in the root, and brief observation in regard the notion of it bleeds, it leads. Um, Al Capone, Machine Gun Kelly, uh, the St. Valentine's Day murder, a massacre. Uh, Chicago and the nation has had a problem with violence before. Um, those were uh, during, uh, at one point in time, the Irish and Italian, believe it or not, were despised in Chicago and other cities. But what occurred? We had a new deal, an investment in, in, uh, in people, uh, that created opportunity. Uh, likewise, we extended grace to uh, the Germans and the Japanese after they killed some six million uh, uh, Jews and the like. We had a, 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 uh, a, uh, an investment in, in, in Marshall Plan, rather, that was an investment in those communities. And so the same is here. Dr. King observed that a a budget is a moral document. This is a, a city that does, that closed 50 schools over $300 million deficit and, and fired 1,000 teachers. However, it found $1.5 billion with a B to drop into Lincoln Yards adjacent to Lincoln Park at the end of the Rahm Emanuel administration. Right. Likewise, this is a state wherein uh, Mr. Griffin, the largest, the rich, one of the richest men in the state, he bought a billion dollars in residences in one year, three different homes in excess of a billion dollars. So when you don't make an investment in people, this is what you have. As to the notion of it bleeds, it leads, I think most listeners would be surprised to hear here that I do not listen to nightly news, to local news, because I find it offensive. And the same uh, note that Justice Eugene Pynchon, my, a mentor of mine and a mayoral candidate, appellate court justice Pynchon, called it the dysfunctional Negro hour. And when we, we spotlight crime, but we do not have the pancake uh, uh, breakfast from the various churches or other vignettes, uh, it is disproportional and discriminatory. Uh, 3%? No. Of the population engaging in wrongdoing? No so. It's less than that. If we took the height 
of murder, a thousand people doubled it, two thousand. Well, there's a million black people in Chicago. Therefore, mathematically, we're talking about a fraction of one percent. However, if it bleeds, it bleeds. All right, Thurgood, I thank you for that. And I was on. I I read a an article. Well, it was really an op-ed piece in the New York Times, and I think um, it, it would do you well. Uh, to see if you can take a look at it, how the white press wrote off black America. And by the time I was through with the article, I had PTSD because it chronicled, you know, all of the ways that that black communities have been demonized around the country. It was called How the White Press Wrote Off Black America. So I'm going to move on. I've got another question for you. For the first time in history, Chicago has an African-American female mayor. To date, there are no black people in the City Hall mayoral press corps representing a major media outlet for the mayor. Jane Byrne opened the door for Fran Spielman. When Harold Washington's office, there was Abus Laval, Cheryl Corley, and Clarence Page, and Chinta Strasburg from The Defender, and, and, and BZ, and JJD. Uh, is this a time for stations to be more intentional on having black journalists cover this mayor? And people got upset when she was the only uh, giving interviews to the black press when uh, she, when it was her two-year anniversary of her inauguration. I mean, I had journalists call me, and they wanted me to, you know, come on their different shows, and I said, no, I don't see anything wrong with this. And I just saw people on, on some of your stations, uh, reporters, just have meltdowns. Because she did this this one day. Do you know, I never had access to Rahm Emanuel. I never had access, um, well, very little access to, to Mayor Daley. And since, uh, since she's been in office, Mayor Lightfoot, for the first time, she regularly comes on our show. So I, I just didn't understand why that was such a big deal about Mayor Lightfoot um, deciding uh, to you know that she was going to just open it up to more black reporters. What, what did you guys think? Well, our our political reporter is, is Taman Bradley, so he was invited that day mm-hmm. to go do that interview, but that also opened up uh, you know new conversations that we've never had um, here at the station about how we should handle that interview, how we should be packaging it together on our newscast just because her decision to do that um, created so much controversy Mm -hmm. across the city. So we did the interview, but we also were upfront about it and, and, you know, telling the viewers that we had, why we went to go do the interview, why we still thought it was important. Um, You know, at the same time, you're absolutely right. I mean, the diversity in the newsroom, it's something that we, um, you know, are, are looking at and working on all the time. And I, I would imagine, you know, everyone else on this call uh, feels the same. Yeah, that's I, I just think that, you know, I see the mayor's point. Um, you know, I, you know, but we also, you know, once you start having politicians kind of telling news organizations who are supposed to be interviewing them, I think that's kind of a slippery slope. Uh, we didn't do the interview. We didn't, we didn't want to become part of the story. 
but we did report the story. But we have several people covering City Hall. I think the old school way of just having your one political guy covering City Hall. Yeah. You know, we have several journalists covering the mayor on a daily basis from City Hall to all our all our community events, to all the groundbreakings, to everything. So I think the notion that there's just one person covering the mayor is, is definitely not, not true. All we right, have I several just... at, at Channel 5 that, that do follow City Hall, but uh, Marianne Ahern is our primary political right. reporter. Um, she's not black. She is a woman. Um, and, and she was one of the ones who was not invited to interview the mayor. I think I think I, I certainly agree with Matt that I think it's a slippery slope if you start if allowing politicians to say, I'm only going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to you and pick who they want to ask the questions. Um, politicians still need to be accountable to the citizens and, and journalists are asking questions on behalf of their viewers and the citizens. So I think that's a, a slippery slope. I Let do me- think um, it was a noble reason why she did that, which is to shine the light on diversity in the newsrooms, right. which I think is a legitimate question for her to ask. And I, you know, I think it all had us asking those questions too. And she brought that up and I, I don't think that's an unhealthy discussion. Dana. All right. I just wanted to, get through, the, I wanted to get through this real quick because um, we were talking about Mayor Lightfoot. She recently returned from uh, San Francisco. How does the city continue to market the city to tech companies and manufacturers and big business and tourists when violence is highlighted in the news? Is that a, even a concern of yours? Any of yours? Good question. I mean, I, you know, is it a concern as a, the, a Chicago yeah, citizen? Yeah. Yes, but we have to we have to cover the news, what's happening, right? And and in in as responsible and objective and accurate as way as possible, all the things we've talked about today. Um, and you know, if Chicago has a violence problem, then then it has a violence problem, and, and that's something that the mayor has to address when she's talking to the tech leaders out in in California. Um, um, you know, I I. I Again, I said at the top of this this conversation, Chicago is a great city. Right. You know? um, we all, uh, those of us who have lived here a long time, growing up here, it's a great city. We love it, and yeah, you know, we have our warts and issues, but we, you know, it's still a great city. And I, I'm sure that's what the mayor was trying to convey as well. You know, one day, yeah, I think, um, and after, this is where perspective. No, I was saying one I was going to say day, this is where perspective. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is where perspective is really, really important in that, you know, Chicago is not the most violent city in the country, you know, and, and it's and I think it's critical that that our reporting on the issue be incredibly accurate. Um, and and then and then there are many sayings, as we all know, about the difference between PR and news. Right. And, um, you know, I, I don't even know that we can straddle that. So um, I think it's 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 important for all of us to understand we, we do the news. All right. So and, I, um, and I, the public I mean, relations stuff will sort itself out. OK, so a couple of weeks ago, a, a couple of hundred kids descended on downtown. It was reported on the news. There was no damage to property. There was no disturbance. Why did? Why do you think that your news directors or yourself uh, considered that news when uh, two or three hundred black kids uh, go downtown? Why is that news? Anybody? I think you know. 
regardless of who is going into you know the downtown area and shooting off fireworks and and causing um, you know a disturbance, um, you know property damage, whatever it might be, it, we cover it. it. It's it's not the people who are involved. It's it's the actions that are are being carried out. Okay, um, we have looked. We have looked. It, oh, at those stories only if there's been an impact. If right. there's been an impact yeah. I think for safety. I think that's the key thing is 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 impact there and, and you know, road closures, things that get shut down, you know, are there arrests that are uh, that are being made? Um, you know, and and you know, we have to send we certainly have to send uh, you know, photographers and, and perhaps even a reporter to that. Um, you know, when we think based on what's going on this on scanners, we've got to go you know, find out we've got to do some reporting. And then, and then we make a decision after we, we see the impact, um, whether or not it's, it's worthy of being published. You know, I, I'm sitting here and I, I'm still in awe that I'm having this conversation with all of you. But I want you to do something for me. Remove yourself from your profession. You all live here. How safe do you feel in Chicago? I'll start with you, Ms. Graves. How safe do I feel in Chicago? Yeah. I, I feel I feel safe. I mean, I, I but I'm also very cognizant of my surroundings. You know, I've always been a person that's been cognizant of my surroundings and have, have looked around and have been careful about what I do and, and when I do it. And I have I have two young, you know, youngish daughters that I, um, you know, that I uh, preach that to just to be aware of what they're doing but it's certainly what's going on in Chicago now hasn't stopped us from doing things in the city and enjoying the the benefits of living in Chicago. Mr. Piacenta? Well I uh, I live right downtown uh, one of the high rises um, you know right by Navy Pier. Um, I love this city you know I've lived in every neighborhood I think in this town. I've lived in Wrigleyville, I've lived in Wicker Park, I've lived Edison Park so you know, downtown. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's a great city and maybe I'm a little bit, I don't know, like Jennifer said, you know, I keep my head up and I keep my, you know, my wits about me just because I'm a Chicago resident. I've been here the longest time. So maybe I, but you know, you gotta be careful. You know, once it, you know, I don't, it, it's been like this, like that for me since the nineties. I mean, if you, when you go out at night, you gotta be careful. Um, so I feel safe. I, you know, again, I don't want, I love this town and this town desert, you know, this town is a great thing. That's like Frank's been saying. What about it's, you? It's really a great city and I feel safe. What about you, Mr. Stasi? The, the, uh, you know, the, the stories of the violence or, or, or the news coverage of it does not impact the, what I feel about the city often, you know, me and my wife and my children, we were worried, uh, you know, we go downtown and we, and we, you know, we do things and we don't, we don't consider that, oh no, we could be the victim of a crime um, because you know, we love the city and we, we have a lot of, uh, of faith and, 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 you know, respect for, for, you know, the people who live here. Um, the news coverage doesn't impact that. What about you, Mr. Whitaker? Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I feel safe. Um, obviously, come downtown for work every day. Um, I have two kids going to Lollapalooza in a couple of weeks for four day passes. Oh so, my goodness! So, um, and I'm okay with that. So, so if I didn't feel it was safe, I, I would probably stop that. But um, yeah, I, I guess the only thing that probably ha- has made me think a little more is the carjackings because yes. that wasn't a thing a few years ago, and now it is. And 
So I'm, I'm a little more aware of, you know, if I'm uh, filling up my gas tank or something, I do kind of look around and make sure who's right. I should have been doing that anyway, probably. But, right. But, um, you know, the rise of carjackings has made me a little more aware of that. Mr. Harris? Um, I think I feel the same as, as everybody here. Um, you know, I feel safe. I, I live in, in Humboldt Park and, um, and, you know, feel safe there. But I also recognize that my experience might not be the same as others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, th- I just think we've got to be listening and, and, um, and aware of, of the experiences of others in our city. All right, then. Well, we, we, we have time to take a couple of calls. Let me take uh, Thomas's call from Avalon Park. Go right ahead, Thomas. Good morning, panelists. Thank you for taking the calls. Uh, my question has to do with TV, television, and television uh, news. And since each of you represent uh, channels 2579 uh, and uh, 32, um, can you tell me uh, – uh, Seeing as how you're news directors and you probably know this information, can you tell me what your market research might show is the percentage of your black viewers uh, in the city of Chicago from each of your uh, Good question. Uh, we've got to we've got to move on. So, uh, do you have any numbers on you, Miss Graves, for about viewership? I, I don't have any specific numbers any about viewership, uh, although we, I mean we're very aware of who our audience is okay. and and. You know, and we want to reflect them in our in our coverage. Any of you? Okay. Well, yeah, I, I do. go ahead. I, I can. Um, uh, it, basically, Chicago is 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 roughly a third African American, a third Hispanic, a third white, a little bit of, of Asian as well. But we we also serve the entire Chicago market. You know, all the counties, um, suburban counties. So in the DMA, the designated market area, which is what. Our area that we serve is is seventeen percent African American, according to Nielsen. Okay. So Does um, Dave has a good question? Of- All right, Dave has a good question. Go right ahead, Dave. Yes, well, thank you very much. Um, I was wondering if uh, you said that you were in competition. Uh, the advertisements, of course, they want to pay, but do they ever? Okay, so Dave wants to know, uh, do, do advertisers have any say in your content? I would say no. No. <laughs> no. I would say absolutely no. not. <laughs> well, we have ABC's Jennifer L. Grace, Vice President of, and News Director of WLS-TV. Uh, we have Frank Whitaker, the station manager, vice president of news at NBC Universal. We have Jeff Harris, who is vice president and news director at CBS Chicago, and uh, Dominic Stasi, uh, WGN's news director. And we have Matt P- Piacenta, uh, who is the news director of the Fox. Um, WFLD uh, Channel 32. I want to thank all of you for spending this time with us today. Uh, I think that you all, as I had said in the beginning, are doing excellent work, especially when it comes to WVON. You know, before the pandemic, you were always sending people, uh, your reporters, to our Uh, our studios on 87th Street to find out uh, and gauge what our black black audience was uh, talking about. And you were always welcome, and we were always happy 
to have you. And I look forward to sitting down and talking with you again. This has been quite an experience. Thank you so much. And keep up uh, the work. And we all can do better, and I think we will. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Perry. Thanks, Perry. All right, then.